Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group, an award-winning software firm based out of Virginia. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej, and I'm happy to be here with Elza Malloch, founder and chair of Blue Monarch Group. Welcome, Elza. Hi, Dylan. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. It's uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for your time. So can you get us started and tell us a little bit about your history, your background, and how you ended up where you are today? Yeah, I'm happy to. So my background originally came from more of the analytics and data science side and very quickly started to lean into sales and marketing analytics and, and understanding how how things are performing um, and, and moving us into a more data-driven decision-making process. And after a few years, I, I fully transitioned into marketing um, just due to the fact that it allowed me to both be creative um, as well as analytical and, and play to the both sides of those, those parts of my brain. And I will say that when I made the transition, it it was intentional. What it what it offered me later on was something I, I hadn't expected, um, which is how how BMG actually came to be. Um, and from there, um, really working on growing organizations from that that duality of yes, we can make data driven decisions, but at the end of the day, in order to move masses mass groups of people and and group audiences. You have to understand their behavior and you have to be a little bit more empathetic to the to the process. So it's really balancing the two. And I will say, I think the the very last time I, I worked on uh, 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 with it, with an organization to that level before BMG was was conceptualized, um, it had always been a a point of discussion around do we only follow the data or do we do a blended approach? Because you know, organizations were moving into being very data centric, which is critically important. Um, and and models like attribution and and cost per per conversion were getting harder and harder to track, especially for accounts that I was working on in the EU and in other parts of the world where data privacy is a bigger concern. Uh, and that became really hard to have those discussions and, and talk about it shouldn't be a one-to-one relationship. It should be a directional relationship. And then that's that's the surface level. And then in order for you to dig deeper, you have to understand the audience and the brand and, and think about it in a much more humanistic manner. Um, and that was the, the original concept of, of BMG before we evolved into where we are today. Um, and, and that came from, okay, we're going to start, I'm going to start this and, and be a consultant and help people visualize that and you know, about eighteen months into it, I realized we're we're missing a big part, which is the human intelligence side of how do we cycle, how do we understand people better, which is through the psychology driven process. Okay, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, it's it's super interesting, and I love how you've how you've explained it all perfectly. <laughs> um, so, c- can you run me through your overall business strategy? Yeah. So, um, Blue Monarch Group is in the business of changing hearts and minds. And it does that through the combination of understanding human behavior through psychology-driven research, um, combining that with data intelligence and and reporting and all all the um, aspects of uh, and data points that we can gather. 
and and blending that with with a humanistic standpoint of how do how do people feel when they buy and and what emotional journey do they have to go through and what's the emotional capital we have to build to get to those behaviors to come to fruition um and our we're in the business of 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 changing hearts and minds and shifting people in into a direction whether it be a medium-sized brand that is looking to evolve their marketing or um, you know a large um, enterprise or, or um, international organization that um, would really like to connect with their audience better and 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 see those um, come to uh, to their to their business goals. Okay, amazing. And how do you measure the success of your clients? It kind of has to start with where they want to begin. And we, we operate in five different ecologies now. So not only just sales, marketing, and customer experience departments, but we also work with product and, and talent departments as well, because sometimes it's a it's a different ecosystem that we have to operate. So we'll usually do a we'll do a, a level set or, or an audit firsthand to say, here's where you are today. Here's the pulse check of where you are today. And then we'll do a gap analysis around you want to be here but here are the components that you're missing. And that will generate a, a, a customized program for what they're looking to accomplish. And within that, usually it could be anywhere between eight months to several years, depending on how big the scope is. And then we do pulse checks between every quarter to every um, to semi-annuals, depending on the length of the program. And, and that's how we go through it. So we'll usually, um, take the KPIs and then use lagging indicators to say, here's what we're trending toward. And then here's where we landed the last six months. And that takes up 15, 20% of the, of the goals that we're, we're looking to accomplish, et cetera. But most of our programs are, are a combination of short and long-term success. So we try to balance the two. That way you don't have to wait four years before you get, you know, an ROI. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And what have been the biggest challenges for you? Uh, firstly, in terms of starting the business and during operations, what have been the biggest challenges you faced? So I think we've gone through different phases of challenges. So initially when I first started, I was like, I think I have an idea here and I'm still playing with the market fit. And when we moved into the psychology-based process, it was around perfecting it and making sure that we have uh, a tangible um, framework, which is the butterfly effect uh, that works on across industries. Um, I think in the last year and a half, we're really going through operational uh, adjustments. I am definitely more of a innovator and a people person in that aspect. So I have team members that that cover more of the analytical and operational aspects of making sure that we have a scalable business that that supports all the clients. So from a, I would say from a CEO perspective, I, I have gaps in my, in my, in my talent skill set. So I hire to fill those, those gaps. That's been the biggest learning curve, I would say in the last two years um, and, and kind of working through the other aspect that we're dealing with is we have clients in three major regions in North America, Europe, and, and now the Middle East. So now it's, you know, making sure we can do that in, in three different continents with, the cultural adaption, the cultural intelligence that those clients need them in. Okay, yeah, that, that's amazing. Um, 
And I, it's interesting the point you made about identifying that you can't do everything to the best of what it needs. Um, and that that's a common thing I've actually heard on the podcast is understanding where your strengths are and having the courage and wit to actually outsource and delegate uh, where you sh fall short. And I think it's super important on any entrepreneurial journey is to identify that. Um, and I, I love to hear it in, in action. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, how, how have you adapted to changes since you launched the business? Um, let's say, for example, the pandemic. Um, it obviously impacted every business in the world. How did that impact your business? So I would say the pandemic from a from a business perspective in our world, um, we actually grew significantly during the pandemic because it brought a unique problem that we were solving to many, many organizations just immediately. Um, and it was in the sense of everybody was saying the same thing because everybody was in the same position as all their competitors and, and whoever. And we're in the business of creating emotional connection. So how do you create commercial connection if you're a retailer who needs to make sales while you're sending messages at a very difficult time for, for most of the world, let alone for, for the regions that we will support and say, oh, we're here for you, but buy your stuff. Like that's not a, that's not a transitional aspect. So for us as a business, it really helped um, because it, it brought a lot of things to the forefront, but we do make a very delegated and institutional effort to continue to evolve because our buyers of our audience continue to evolve and they become more intelligent and, and specialized knowledge becomes general knowledge. So we have to always stay at the forefront of that. And we look at it not necessarily as a sense of innovation, but as a sense of evolution. And, and in order for businesses, I think, to survive especially in 2023, but, you know, two, three, five, 20 years from now, that speed of evolution has to increase. Um, so we always look at it from that lens of where are we positioned? How are we helping our clients? Are we delivering enough value? And what are we missing in the marketplace? And, and I found that really quickly in the last year, specifically because we introduced our experience uh, programs in a different way. And, and doing them in a different way that creates that immersion much better. And that came from about six months worth of digging and understanding and, and going through and saying, we have something here, but it's not, it's not mature enough. It's not evolved enough. So we've got to work on it. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting to see the businesses that did well, for, uh, did well during the pandemic. Um, it's obviously like it's good for you guys. It's it's super interesting because there were some that got destroyed and some that are just <laughs> doing really well. Um, and how have you how have you adapted over the let's say the last year and a half with AI entering the mainstream? Because um, that's obviously affected how we work, how we operate. Um, most importantly, our efficiency. So how has that affected your business, if at all? Um, and are you making use of AI and AI tools on a daily basis? So I, I'll kind of answer this question in twofold. Um, the first part is I think AI is definitely made a change in every business. Um, 
where the change is occurring, I think is subject to how the business operates when, when, when change comes to, to their doors. And in our instance, we have to balance confidentiality and privacy agreements that we sign with our clients, because obviously if we put it into some type of system like a chat GPT or a Claude or, or whatever tool you're, you're in essence, giving that away. Um, so there's a, there's a privacy component, but we, we have machine learning models internally, specifically more on the analytical side and our research side um, that, that have private or, or custom uh, programs built into it that can, that can increase our speed. Um, but one thing that's really interesting for us is AI in totality is accumulation of all this of all this data and what it spits out to you is the average of what question you're asking or what prompt you're giving it and and the the interesting part is at least right now that may change in the future but at least right now if everybody if every organization is getting the average answer or the mean answer of what they're or prompt of what they're asking for then all of them are going to sound the same so now you have a sea of brands that all look like the same fish um and that could be actually very dangerous for organizations so we try to find a very balanced approach of where do efficiencies lie internally that still can still reach our privacy rules and where do they potentially hurt us and then we use that information to also help our clients when they're thinking about it. One of our one of our clients that came with us a few months ago had actually taken the drastic step of removing most of their teams because they thought AI was going to help improve efficiencies. And unfortunately, they pulled the trigger a little too soon and their brand equity plummeted very, very quickly because they lost all their identity um, throughout yeah. that four to five month process. So they came to us in the summer to fix that and then rebuild most of the teams that they had um, made that drastic change to because there is a component of AI as an enabler. I don't see it as a replacer because at the end of the day, humans are the ones that are gonna buy. Humans are the ones that are making transactions and humans would want to talk pretty pretty efficiently with other people and, and want to build a connection. And there's there's very little human capital build or uh, emotional capital build when when you're just talking to an AI system. It may be efficient, but again, if everybody has the same thing, yeah, uh, yeah. you're just commoditizing yourself. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's it's not at a point where it should be or could be replacing humans. Um, I think it's at a point where it's a tool for us to do what we do well, but faster. And I think that's really important to understand is it's not necessarily making us better. It's allowing us to gather information faster and do the work we do faster. Um, and I'm sure it will improve and get to a point where it can probably do my job, but I'm hoping it won't. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it, it's very important to make use of them because if you're not, I think you are going to fall behind just based on the time that it'll take you to do tasks. Yeah, I agree. Um, if I asked you 
to reach the level of satisfaction with your business today? On a scale of one to 10, what would that be? Oh, so that's hard to say because I am a firm believer that a rating something at current, at the chapter you're currently in may not be the end of your book, um, so to speak. So I will say in the phase that we're in within our, within our three to five year plan, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm probably at a, between an eight and a half um, to a nine for it, but we're getting close to the end of this chapter um, and we're about to enter a new one. So now you, you kind of have to reset and, and figure out what your, what your resources and, and your goals are for the next hill of the climb and, and, and conquer. So uh, I, I, I prefer to kind of say where, how do I feel about the progress I'm making? Not necessarily the state I'm currently in. Okay. hundred percent. And if I would, if we were to meet again in three years time and I asked you the same question, what would you, what do you want the rating to be then? Probably the same. Um, and, and at that point, I probably will have another five-year plan uh, for it and, and um, getting into probably different lines of business and so on. But I, I would assume that I would want the progress to be upwards of an eight um, and um, the current state of, of business to be around that. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I've kind of climbed all the mountains I want to climb. Okay, hundred <laughs> percent. And have have there been any partnerships or collaborations um, that have helped you get to where you are today? You know, up until late last year, we were very careful about the partnerships we joined, and we still are. But it was to a point where, especially given the fact that we partner with institutions a lot to get data, we have to be very careful of who who we associate our brand with. Um, so we've been very diligent in bringing on three connecting partners, um, in, in various industries to, that align with our values and align with the way that we do things to either help a client more or, or do some type of strategic partnership for growth. And those are still probably in their infancy stage for, for, for many reasons, because we have to, you know, take time to feel each other out, how we how we take a client across the board, what's the customer, what's the client experience like, et cetera. Um, but those have been really exciting. And I'm looking forward to um, closing that loop this year. Two of them have been really close to me for the last few years. So I I've, I kind of know them through and through. And and one of them is is tied to um, sustainability, which is a, a passion of mine. So that's, that's really what the, the connectors are. Um, and I'm looking forward for Innovo and, and the other partners to um, really kind of take things to the next level with myself and them. Okay, 100%. I'm, I'm excited to continue following your journey and see see where the, what the future holds. Um, so that does bring us to just about the end of the show. But before you go, is there any piece of advice that you would like to give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry? I think for for me, and it depends on the type of personality you are, but I'm a curious first type of person. I I, I like to continue to dig, and and maybe that's a sense of perseverance, maybe that's resilience, maybe that's just my stubbornness 
Um, but there is, there is something to be said about if you really believe in something um, and maybe it's not working the way you thought in the first iteration or second iteration or third iteration, and you still truly believe in it, keep adapting and iterating until you, until you get there. I think um, I know the, this is more of an outdated quote, but like diamonds are built from pressure. And I'm a big proponent of, of continuing to kind of, pressurize myself and see what I can find. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for being on the show. I've, I've really enjoyed our time together. Uh, what, what is the best way for our listeners to reach out to Elza Malak? If you've got any offers for them to take advantage of, or if they're just looking to follow your journey. Um, yeah, happy to. So if you would like to connect with me personally, uh, LinkedIn's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, and that's just my first and last name um, as as the um, ending. If you would like to know more about our business journey and what projects we're working on or just get a hold of us from a business perspective, bluemonarchgroup.com is the um, closest. And uh, we even keep an updated calendar on there if you ever want to join one of our events um, that are coming up soon. Okay, 100%. Well, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it your time and insights today. Likewise. Thank you so much for your time, Dylan. I really appreciate it.